nothing but the children. You're going to come help me with special music tonight, okay? So all the kids, gather up over here in this little section right here, okay? So open your Bibles while they're heading over to this section right here, Levi. Uh, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter number 6. You adults, I've been beating up on you for the past uh, 11 months, right? So now it's the kids' turn. No, <laughs> so, okay. But kids, we're going to start off tonight's service, and we're going to learn a new song. Some of you know it. Some of you don't know it. There's a song we tried to teach our kids early on, um, and it's, it's a scripture song, but it's based off Ephesians 6, verses 1 and 2. Katie, you want to help me sing this? <laughs> so I'll bring you up here, too. You'll be my little choir director, okay? But the wor- here, these are the words, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. No, okay, so it's better if I sing it rather than quote it. I'll sing it for you once. Katie, you can help me. But here's how it goes, okay? We'll sing it for you, and then you guys are going to sing it with us. Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor, honor. Honor your father, mother. Honor, honor, honor your father and mother. Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Okay, you guys want to join in? Let's let the kids try one time, and then you adults, you can join in too, okay? We'll have a whole church choir going on here. All right, Katie, you got this side. I'll take the boys over here. You notice how they split by genders? That'll change when they get to high school, okay? (laughs) Okay, Okay, you ready, kids? You guys going to sing it with me? Sure, kids, you got to be extra loud. Where's Chloe? Where'd she go? Oh, that's what she is. Okay. So, like, she can come over here and help us, too. Oh, no, she's not. She's hiding. Okay. You don't want to come. Okay, we won't make you. Okay, you ready? So, okay, let's sing. Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor, honor, honor your father and mother. Honor, honor, honor your father and mother. Guys, hit that low note. Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You parents, you think you can get this song? Adults? Okay, let's try it, okay? One last time, let's everybody sing together. Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor, honor, honor your 
Father and Mother, honor, honor, honor your Father and Mother. Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents. I keep wanting to go. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Okay, let's give the kids all a hand. Okay, good job. Okay, you guys can go back to your seats, kids. Thank you. I, I figured it'd be a good way to start off with this passage to help the kids memorize is to sing a song. Isn't it amazing how easy it is to memorize scripture when you sing songs? Luke, we got to start bringing some of those in there, those scripture songs to help, help out here. But that is going to be our passage. That's going to be our topic for this evening's message as we shift a little bit of the focus to preaching primarily to the children, okay, for the next few weeks until Christmas hits, and then things will change. But you may not be a preschooler or a secondary or primary age kid or even a teenager. You might be um, 50 to 80 to 90 to 110 years old, but there is still a truth here because all of us as Christians, we are sons and daughters of our Father, our Heavenly Father, right? And the truths that we find here, they apply to us just as much as they do to our children. But <clears throat> kids, we, we know these verses, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, pretty well, but let's go ahead and read them. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. So the first thing we're going to talk about is who is being talked to. Easy answer. Who's being talked to in this passage? Children, okay? Children. Paul addresses children in this passage, and it would seem to be obvious to ask who's being talked to. But I think there's, there's something that we need to draw out of this text, because the key to understanding it is to ask this question. Who is a child? Is Mr. Luke a child? He's a man-child. No, okay, so, no, no, he's not a child, right? But no, we all have a general understanding of what a child is. And I'm going to go into some technical things for you adults here, that, that way you can get something out of this too. But the word for child here in this passage, or children, is technon in Greek. And it, there are some exceptions depending on context, but generally, this word refers to childhood from birth all the way through adolescence, whether male or female. So it's not boys, it's not girls, it's children of, a, of an age that they would still be within the home. And it deals more with personal relationship than it does status. You know, sometimes we, and we studied Hebrews this morning in Sunday school, and it talked about how Jesus was given a name which is above every name. Those who are in Sunday school, what was that name? Son, okay? The name he was given was Son. But in that passage, Son is about rank or authority. It is about he is the firstborn Son. He is the one in charge of the family in that passage. But that's not the implications of this passage. This is talking about family relationship. My daughter, daughters, plural, three, okay, all of them are related to me. In some way, they are children that, uh, that my wife has given birth, that we brought forth into the world. But in this passage, this word refers to children generally until they become an adult. And then they are no longer usually considered a technon. Now in our day and age, 
We got some uh, 30-year-olds who are still living in their mom's basement playing video games. They're probably still considered children, according to this definition, because <laughs> they didn't get out on their own, okay? Anyway, sorry, I'm just throwing that out there, okay? Children, but children, listen to what I am saying here. As long as you are living with your parents, in a dependent relationship with your parents, you are under the obligations of these, these verses. That You are under their authority, and you are under their authority to obey them. And the older you get, there's going to be a transition, right? They're going to start transitioning out of that stage where you're not being as dependent on them. And you're going to start becoming an adult and you're going to start becoming their equal or their peer. I remember Mr. Tillman in soccer practice. He, uh, I think he was getting on to Andrew McLemore. No, it's okay. But uh, we had this discussion about whether he could be called Brian or not in soccer practice, okay? Here, this was his answer. When you go off to college and you come back and you establish your own life, then you can start calling me Brian. But for now, it is Mr. Tillman, okay? So as long as you are in that stage of transition, you are still under your parents' authority. But you are, as an adult, becoming a, a peer with your, with your parents. But until you come completely out on your own, a fully functioning adult, you are still under the commands of this passage. And I think there will come a day when... You have families of your own. Bella, I'm looking forward to it. Chloe, Emma, there you are, okay. I'm looking forward to those days. Levi, I don't know if this is going to happen for you, but no, okay. So, no, I'm looking forward to the days when we have grandchildren and, and you have families of your own and you're living out on your own. But while you're here in your homes, you should be listening to your parents and you should be obeying your parents. <clears throat> Mom, there's going to come a day where mom can't come over you, over to your house, and walk into your house and say, I want these walls to be pink and make you paint them pink, right? I mean, if, if Mrs. Carsey's went over to Darla's dorm in Florida and said, I want you to paint all the walls this color, was Darla obligated to obey Mrs. Carsey's anymore? No, okay. So now if it was their house, that's a totally different story, right? Okay. But no, they're, they're, that change has to happen in life. And as we become adults, we switch over to being our own entities. And I think uh, Genesis 2, verse 24, this is part of the reason why in marriage, um, Adam said, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. But notice, before he can cleave to his wife, he has to do what? He has to leave father and mother. You leave your parents and you form a new home. But even with, when that day comes, there is still an obligation in these passages that you have to your parents. Even when you guys become an adult, you teenagers, when you think you're becoming a man, right, okay, you still, have, one, you still have to obey, okay, Josh and Kyle, you still have to obey because you're at home. But even when you get out on your own, you have to honor your parents. And this applies to everybody, right? Um, first, first Peter 2, verse 17 says, honor all men. There doesn't come a day where you outgrow honoring your parents. That doesn't happen. And so we are to treat our parents with respect. We are to honor, honor them. So children, those who are at home from the age of birth all the way through adolescence, these commands are primarily for you. But what are we told to do in this text, okay? We're told, first of all, to obey your parents in the Lord. Obey. It comes from the word that means to listen and then do what they say, okay? So I'm going to get Elena up here. You're going to be my object illustration, okay? So, I'm going to, give you a, I'm going to give you instructions, and I want you to do something, but I'm only going to tell you the steps one by one. Okay, I want you to turn around. Okay, I want you to walk five steps that way. That way. 
into the, into the aisle, okay? Okay, take a right turn. Okay, walk all the way to uh, Levi. <laughs> pat him on the head. Pat him on the head. Don't hit him on the head, pat him on the head, okay? So, okay, now turn around and go back to your seat, okay? Okay, but in order for her to know what I wanted her to do, what did she have to do? She had to listen to me, right? In fact, this word for obey includes this idea of listening. It literally means to hear under, okay? If you want to obey, you have to pay attention to what you are being told to do. I think half the time kids don't obey, and this is their excuse. Well, I didn't know, even though mom told them, okay? <laughs> so yeah, I didn't know, or I didn't hear you, mom. Okay, whose responsibility is it to hear mom? It's the kid's responsibility to listen to what she has to say. If your parents are speaking to you, you should be listening to them, right? Okay? I know you can get so excited you're, you're hanging out with your friends, but then mom walks up and you totally want to blow her off. But part of obedience is listening to what she actually has to say and to pay attention and to make sure that you are doing what she says. So that this is the meaning of ultimately to obey. It's kind of like a soldier going into battle, Okay? Soldiers been sitting around at the campground for days now without anything to do, and finally the commanding officer comes into camp, and he stands on a barrel, and he gives, begins to give instructions to all the soldiers in the camp. He says, men, get your boots on, pack up your tents, and leave everything behind but your horse and your gun, because we're going to go on patrol, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to pick up our stuff, and then we're going to move on afterwards, okay? Now, if you were over at the tent while he's speaking, and you're just playing cards with a friend, and you're not really listening, you might get up and see everybody else packing all their stuff, and you think, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to pack it all up and then load it on my horse. Is that what the commanding officer told him to do? No, he didn't. What's going to happen? He's going to have all that stuff. It's going to weigh him down. He's not going to be able to do his job exactly the way he did. To be honest, he's probably going to get laughed at by all the other soldiers because he's the only one with his entire pack. Um, all set up and all already on his horse. Be, and, but the problem is this. He didn't pay attention to his commanding officer. This becomes even more important when you get into a battle, right? That same soldier, if he goes into a battle and, and the commanding officer says, I want you to sneak around this corner over this way and go up on top of that hill and attack the enemy from behind. Okay. Now, if he, decide, if he only hears attack the enemy and he ignores what his commanding officer said to do, he might think I'm supposed to go straight up the hill. What's going to happen to him if he goes straight up the hill? He's probably going to get shot, right? Okay. Because he didn't obey, he didn't listen to the commands of his commanding officer. And anything short of listening and doing exactly what you're told is disobedience. <clears throat> Underneath this, we can put partial obedience is disobedience. How many of you guys have ever been told, to do something and you only did it halfway. Don't confess right now, okay? So that is partial obedience. Out to do something, but you didn't do the whole thing. Like mom told you to go take care of the dog, which means feed it, water it, and make sure she's played with, okay? But you went out there, you fed it, you forgot to water it. It's been a week and dog passed out, okay? <laughs> so hopefully dog's not dead. Right, Bella? Okay. So, but partial obedience is still disobedience. In our lives, God tells us to do a lot of things, right? How many times are we only partially obedient to what he has commanded us to do? Also, delayed obedience is disobedience. If your mom says, go clean your room, 
but you don't do it, and later that evening you decide to do it, is that obedience? Kids, is that obedience? No, because when did your mom tell you to do it? Right away. She told you to do it right then. It is still disobedience to delay your obedience. Basically, when you delay obedience, you're saying, I am my own authority. I decide when I'm going to do what I'm going to do. It doesn't matter what my mom or my dad told me to do. Also, doing something else instead of, instead of obeying is disobedience. Let's say mom told you to go out and wash the dishes, but you didn't want to wash the dishes, so you decide, I'm going to go mow the lawn. That'll make mom happy, and she'll forget I didn't wash the dishes. Does that work, kids? No, it doesn't work. Okay, so sometimes instead of doing what we are told to do, we do something else, thinking it'll make up for our disobedience. But all of these things are still disobedience, partial disobedience, delayed obedience, or doing something else instead. They're all disobedience. So children, first of all, we're told to do what? Obey. That means to listen to what they have to say and actually do it. Okay? It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Then the second command is given, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So the second thing you are told to do is you are told to honor your parents. And honor, honor in this passage, I believe, is being used similarly to obey here, but it does carry its own meaning. And the, and the, the word means to fix a value to. How many of you kids have ever made like um, this little thing out of paper? You colored on it, you folded it, and then you gave it to mommy. Okay? Is that th- does that piece of paper with the color and the folds have any intrinsic value? Like, is it worth $10? No, but to your mother, it's worth $10. It's worth more than that, right? Because it came from you. Because your little special artwork, I remember with, with uh, the babies, sometimes you take their feet and you push them in ink and then you press them on a piece of paper. How many of you mothers kept those papers? Anybody? Okay, yeah, so it's just a piece of paper with some ink on it, but to the mother, that thing is special. It is valuable. It is honored to her, and so as children, we are to honor our parents. Here's a question for you guys. Do you think your parents are special? I'm waiting for some heads to shake. My kids shook their heads. No, okay. (laughs) No, do you think your, your, your parents are special? Do you really love your parents? Do you get excited to be around them, right? Do they have value to you? Are they important to you? I was uh, talking with somebody recently, and his, his kids all live, live in the area, but they never, they never come and see him at, at his age. And I'm like, that really is a lack, lack of honor in the sense that he, he was, it wasn't worthwhile to spend time to go visit and spend time with his parents or his children, sorry, the children honoring him, okay? But honoring means to treat them with respect, to value them. Do you ever say mean things to your mom or your dad? Do you ever make fun of your parents? I know I'm easy to make fun of, so, okay. But (laughs) do you treat them rudely? Do you ignore them and just walk away? All of those things are ways of not honoring your parents. You're not valuing them. They're all disrespectful to your parents. And when you are not honoring your parents, you, and in these things, when you do them, you're not honoring your parents in the way that God has said for you to honor your parents, okay? So you might ask, why should I honor and value my parents? What if, uh, they're just, they're not as good as so, so-and-so's parents. You look at somebody else's parents and you say, oh, I wish I could have that parent, right? Or you just, they, they, don't want to, they don't want you to do any of the things that you want, that, want to do, so maybe you think, why should I value my parents? 
But let me give you a few reasons. These are just logical reasons right here. Kids, who gave birth to you? Your mommy. Would you be here without her? Okay, no. So your entire existence is dependent on, the, on this, this person, right? You wouldn't be there. So shouldn't you value her? Because she's the one who actually brought you into the world and gave you life. That's, that's one reason to honor your mother. And to be honest, your mother went through a lot of pain to do so, right? Um, your parents also changed your poopy diapers. Have you kids ever changed a poopy diaper? Yeah, Elena, I know you probably have. Okay, so Bella, have you? Okay, nursery maybe. Okay. But anyways, not my favorite activity in the world. I could go my entire life without changing a poopy diaper. To be honest, I didn't do a whole lot of it. Okay, so... <laughs> but honestly, do you think your mom just loves changing poopy diapers and taking care of those things? No, she sacrificed on your behalf. Nobody wants to do that, okay? Your parents, they made sure that you were fed. They made sure you had a house over, over you. They provided for your needs and that you were taken care of. These are all basic reasons why you should honor and value them. And to be honest, you can, do, you can honor your parents even when they're not the greatest of parents, because of these reasons. But you can also honor your parents because they love you, even when everybody else ignores you. Friendships are kind of, they're hard. When you're a kid, you have this friend, and then all of a sudden somebody new comes in, and they make friends with them, and now they're not spending time with you, and oh, your world is shattered, right? Because you're not able to hang out with the person that you've always hung out with. But you know who's always going to be there for you is, is your parents. And they love you. They, they love you, and that's not going to change. But your parents have also only ever wanted what's best for your life. You may not always understand it. Parents tell you to do things that you don't want to do. Kind of like that illustration this morning of the sheep walking off the cliff. Okay? Your parents tell you to do a lot of things that you don't like. Do you think they just love telling you things you don't like to do? You think that's what, what makes them happy in life? They're just looking for an opportunity to make you miserable? No, that's not why your parents do what they do. Every parent, when they, when they tell you to do something like that, they're trying to protect you from something. They want what's best for your life. Now, could they be wrong? Yes, they possibly could be. But they only ever wanted what was best for you. And so we ought to honor our parents. Okay, so we are told to obey. We are told to honor. But key thing I want to do here is I want to look at the why. Why should we obey our parents? This is key when, you, when your kids are growing up, they're going to ask, they're going to hit a point, usually it's around Levi's age, where they start asking the question, why, over and over and over again. How many parents like hearing that question? It's kind of annoying, right? And as, <laughs> sorry, and as little kids, they don't necessarily need to always know why, other than the answer is, because I told you to, right? They need to learn to obey because their authority figure told them to. But as they get older, we need to give them that information, because they need to learn why they should obey when they become adults and why we do the things that we do. They need to be taught the whys. And Paul in this passage in Ephesians 6, he gives us the whys for why we should obey and honor our parents. In fact, he gives us four different reasons in this text. First of all, he says, children obey your parents in the Lord. Okay, from that phrase, in the Lord, I derive this idea that our obedience is part of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we have a relationship with him, we want to obey. We want to do what makes him happy. We want to do what pleases him. And part of that is obeying our parents, right? Jesus said in John 14, verse 15, 
If ye love me, what will you do? Keep my commandments. What word could we throw in there instead of keep my commandments? Obey. If ye love me, obey. Right? And so there is a connection between love and obedience. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, children, you should want to do the things that make him happy. When you truly love somebody, you want to please them. You want to enjoy that relationship with them and make them happy. And obeying your parents is one of those things that's part of our relationship with Jesus Christ. We should show our love for God, but we should also show our love for our parents when we obey. Right? The best way to tell your parents you love them is not necessarily to write a card or get up early and make breakfast for them on Mother's Day. The best way to show them that you love them is to do what they tell you to do, right? To obey them. If you love me, keep my commandments. When we refuse to obey, what we are ultimately saying is at this moment at least, I don't love you as much as I love something else. You aren't as important to me as this other thing is. So we ought to obey because it is part of our relationship with Christ. It is a way that we show our love to God. Also, we are told that we should obey because in, this, in the second half of this verse, children, obey your parents in the Lord. What's the next word? For this is right. This is right. It is, it is right. Right here refers to being the righteous thing to do. It is a godly thing to do. Kids, did you know that you can be like Jesus Christ even at your age? You can learn to be like Jesus Christ. You can be godly, like God, like Christ, imitating his behavior, doing the things that he did. And did you also know that Jesus had to honor and obey his parents? Why would Jesus have to honor and obey his parents, kids? Why do you think? Anybody? Sorry, this is harder, but Elena. Oh, good answer. Okay, we'll take that. Okay, so if he didn't, he wouldn't have been perfect, right? Okay, Jesus had to honor and he had to obey his parents, even though he was God, right? This is the God, the creator of the universe, and he obeyed his parents. In Luke 2, verse 51 says, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Jesus obeyed his parents. But he had to make a choice to obey. And when you, are, when you obey your parents, you are being like Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is a child. We don't have a whole lot of information about what he was like as a kid, but we do know this. He obeyed his parents. So first reason you should obey is because it is part of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Secondly, because it is the righteous or the godly thing to do. We can be like Jesus in obeying our parents. The third reason, pretty easy, is the Bible tells us to, right, okay? The Bible tells us to, but uh, verse number three, actually verse number two and three are a quotation from the Old Testament. In Exodus chapter number 20, verse number 12, we find these words in verses two and three. Now, in, in Exodus chapter 20, that passage is the Ten Commandments. So if you want to know what God wants you to do, where do you got to turn to find that information? Kids, if you want to know what God wants you to do, Josiah, God's word, right? Okay. And in God's word, one of the first things that he told people were the Ten Commandments. And in the Ten Commandments, he said these words, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. You can skip the little parentheses there, but 
the, the honor thy father and thy mother that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth are from Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 12. So the Bible tells us what God expects. God wants us to obey our parents. There's no ambiguity there. That's pretty clear cut, pretty simple, right? The third reason, or the fourth reason that we are given to obey our parents is because there is a reward for obedience. There is a reward for obedience. For the Christian, there are rewards for obedience, right? When we appear before the judgment seat of Christ, we will receive rewards for the things that we have done, or our works will be burned up, right? There are rewards out there, but for our children, there is a promise of reward. So the logical question we should be asking ourselves with this. Let's, let's read verse number three. It says, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. What is the promise that is given in this passage? You kids, do you, anybody know? Teenagers, do you guys know? What's the promise? Josiah, you know? Go ahead and tell me. You'll live long upon the earth. So here's the logical question. Do obedient children always live long lives? Right? Wouldn't that be what we would assume from this verse? Do obedient children always live long lives? <clears throat> I'm going to give you an illustration to highlight how important this question actually is, right? Let's say we have three eight-year-old boys, and I made up this illustration because of an inside joke with my family, so if there's something weird in it, just understand it's from Levi, okay? <laughs> so now, but three eight-year-old boys, each of them are named Billy, Bob, and Bush, Okay? If you want to know why Bush, we'll tell you later. Okay? But Billy, Bob, and Bush. Um, and these three boys, they, all three of them, they read their Bibles together. They're constantly going to church together. And they're trying to obey their parents. But one day, Bob is in a car accident. And he dies. And Billy, and this is the reality of life, does stuff like this happen? Yes, it does. And so Billy goes to his mom and his dad. And he says, Daddy, did this come true for Bob? Bob didn't live a long life. He was how old? How old was he, kids? Eight years old, right? Is that a long life? No, it's not. And Billy honestly and, uh, on, and logically asks, I thought this would mean that he would live a long life on earth. Bob was trying to obey his parents. What would you tell your son, parents, in that situation? How would you answer that question? I, this would kind of be my answer for that question. I would say something like this. I'm so sorry for what happened to Bob, and I know it's hard, and it doesn't feel like things are going well for either you or for Bob's parents, right? Because the promise says that it may be well with thee. I know they are hurting tonight, but God did not fail to keep his promise. Because Bob was saved, he is in heaven now, and God is rewarding him and someday when Jesus comes back, Bob will come back with him and live on this earth. In fact, in the same book, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7, says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. In the ages to come. And I think this looks forward to that day when Jesus Christ comes back. But the command to obey your parents is the fifth command in the Ten Commandments. Notice it says this is the first commandment. But the key words there are with promise. There is a promise attached to it. It's the one, it's the first one that actually has a promise attached to it. And the blessing was made in Exodus chapter 20 to all of the people of Israel, right? It was, he was telling them 
that if they would honor and obey their parents, God would allow the nation of Israel to stay in the land. They would live there for a long time in the land. God would honor the people's obedience. It wasn't a command given to individuals to say, you're going to have a long life. But ultimately what it is saying is if you and your children are obedient, law-abiding, they will survive a long time in the land. So God wasn't promising necessarily old age to everyone who obeys this command. Instead, he was promising a blessed life. And that's the key of the first phrase, that it may be well with thee, that it would be good with you on life. And there there are times that life isn't always good, but ultimately God is good and God's gifts are good. And I think our illustration shows that if we just take these phrases line by line and totally ignore where they came from, we will come to an illogical conclusion about what God is actually promising here. God is promising a blessing for those who obey him, not necessarily that you're going to live to 90 years old in this passage. Anything else makes God a liar, right? It changes God into a liar because he didn't keep his word. So kids, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to keep this short in, the, in conclusion here, okay? I'm addressing the invitation primarily to you as children. Did you know you can, you can pay attention and you can participate in the invitation? Is that something new to you? Like, oh, no, that's just parents, just adults. They're the only ones who can participate in, in the invitation. But sin is very important no matter how old you are, whether you're young, whether you're really old. So I want to ask you to think about how have you been treating your parents? Have you been obeying them? Have you been doing what they told you to do? And have you been listening to them? Have you been honoring them, respecting them? I ho- and I hope you know how important your parents are to you and how much they love you. If you've been struggling with this area in your life, this is how a Christian makes things right. When they sin, you have a responsibility to make sin right, okay? So these, these are the things that you need to do. You need to, first of all, confess your sin to God. 1 John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confess, I'm not going to give you the technical definition, but it basically means to pray to God and admit that what you did was wrong, to agree with God that it was wrong to disobey your parents, that it was wrong to talk disrespectfully to your parents. These things are sin, they are wrong. And when we give an invitation, that invitation is an opportunity for you to now come forward and talk to God and confess that sin. You wait till you get home, what's most likely going to happen? You're going to forget. You're not going to do it. And you're not right with God because you didn't deal with the sin. When God convicts you of sin, you need to deal with it. And you need to deal with it right away. We should confess our sins. Don't put off dealing with sin until later. But the second thing here is you need to go and you need to apologize to your parents. If you confess your sins to God, he will forgive you but you still need to make things right with your parents. And that's not always easy. So after the service, you should go to your mom, your dad, and apologize to them and say something like this, okay? There's three elements to an apology. First of all, admit you are wrong. Say, mom and dad, I'm sorry, I disobeyed you. Then to say, I was wrong, admit that it was wrong to do that, and then ask for forgiveness. Will you forgive me? These are the steps to making things right. We confess our sin to God, and then we go to somebody else that we have sinned against, and we try to make things right with them. 
And children, that, that responsibility is something you have to do as well. It's not just your parents. This is how you get right with God. And right now, the Spirit, he might be speaking to you, convicting you about something you did this week, something that you, didn't, that you disobeyed your parents about. And it isn't fun to live with disobedience in our heart, with, with uh, conviction in our heart, right? Have you ever done something wrong and you're, you're afraid, oh, I'm going to get caught? Is that fun to live like that? Or when God is working in your heart and saying, you did something that was wrong, you need to fix this. It's not fun to continue to live that way. The Spirit is trying to convict you, to tell you that this was wrong. And we want to have a clean conscience before God. Acts 24, verse 16 says, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. I want to have a clean conscience before God and before other men. <clears throat> Paul was saying that he didn't want to have a guilty conscience about the things either to God or to other people. And so as the piano comes and everybody stands at head bowed and eyes closed, children, parents too, honestly, if in disobedience to God and not honoring God, this applies to us. But children, if, if this is you, make these things right. Don't just sit there in your pew and think, oh, we'll, we'll deal with it later. But confess your sin to God, and then afterwards go and apologize to your parents and make things right. I'll sing that first verse. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. Do you mind closing us in prayer this evening?
Jesus' name.